my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I am one of your hosts, Chris, and my co-host and very good friend, he's Dave. Hey there, Chris, and hello to all listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, what are we going to review this week? Well, Dave, we are going to review your pick of a movie that I cannot believe I've never seen because I love the video game so much. But we're going back to 1994, and it's Mark DeCascos and Scott Wolf as Jimmy and Billy Lee, otherwise known as Double Dragon Dave. So, as I've just said, I'd never seen this movie before we were reviewing this. Where do you remember seeing this one, Dave? I think I saw this on video, but I'm not entirely sure where I saw it for the first time because 94 I'm 18 Chris now in my memory in my head this movie is I'm seeing this when I'm a lot younger I'm seeing this more like in the early 90s possibly even late 80s but I think it, it in my brain it's all getting mushed up with the arcade game and I, I think as well what we have to do when we review this is put our contacts, our, our brains in that context. Remember, Chris, you had the old yeah, contextual. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just think there weren't that many arcade game movies around at that time. Street Fighter hadn't come out. Mortal Kombat hadn't come out. So I think we should be a little bit more forgiving of this one. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think I remember enjoying it. I remember really liking it, but I've got to say, Chris, I've got to admit here on this podcast, I think Mark DeCascos is my Lauren Avedon. I think he's my man crush because when I was watching it, I was thinking, you, you know, again, one of the reasons I was, uh, really into this movie. I loved the arcade game. You used to put so many 10Ps in back in the day uh, playing that one. You used to absolutely love it. And then when I had it on the mass system as well, I was playing it there. But I remember seeing Mark DeCascos and just feeling like this guy should be a bigger star than he actually is you know he's the next big thing he's the next Van Damme and it never quite turned out that way obviously we saw him fairly recently in uh, John Wick 3 he was a bad guy there wasn't he yeah but um yeah I, I just I, I think to be honest he is the best thing about this movie and at some point Chris I, I was a little bit sad because I was thinking well only the strong is the one that was the movie where I saw him and I thought fucking hell this guy is really good and he was doing all like the Brazilian capoeira stuff and that and I think at some point we'll go back and review that one so good story. well I think Dave as well like you, you mentioned the master system my first playing of Double Dragon was on the Master System. So we got Master System, I think it was Christmas 87. My mum and dad surprised us from nowhere. You know, we've always been gamers. I'd had an Atari before that point as well. It was a 2600, they call it the Woody Days. had the wood panelling at the front. Um, terrible name. <laughs> terrible name, but there you go. <laughs> that was the 80s. Uh, I mean, I had like Pac-Man, Crystal Castles, Popeye, Empire Strikes Back, games like that. I mean, my cousins got the 7800 Atari, so that was it. And then we had the old classic 
pong, you know, g- game with the, I'm doing it now, the twisty handles up and down, you know. Boop, boop, oh, yeah, boop, you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Badminton was just two of them on the screen, two like 2v2 two two and all that stuff. So we remember it well. We, that was like, my only sort of intro into video games. And when we got the Master System, my mum and dad remember buying us Kung Fu Kid, World Grand Prix, and my dad bought great, uh, great golf for him for himself, uh, which isn't a surprise. But then I remember we got Double Dragon, and obviously on the Master System, it wasn't like the Mega Drive. Double Dragon had come out on the NES, and, but we loved it, Dave. I, me and my brother Adam and Nathan, we loved that game. We were just the side-scrolling, beat them up, you know, uh, just absolutely loved it. And what was interesting was the main first character and we'll get into this in the movie, but it, it was one of the guys off the game. So I was like, uh, I, I know that name. But I think around 94, my love for Double Dragon had waned because we still had a master system around that time. It was obviously creaking at 94, so it's six, seven years old. We had a Mega Drive, had a SNES. So we were well into like Mario, we used to play Mario Kart on a loop at my best mate's house in the, in the day when we're on summer holidays. And then at the night time, we would go back to mine and we'd play like the Mega Drives. So we'd play like the golf games, like PGA Golf. We'd play mm. the footy games, Sensi Soccer, stuff like that. So I think I'd moved on slightly. And I never actually owned Double Dragon on the Mega Drive, even though it was a better version. But again, like you, I have played it in the arcade. But my favorite beat-em-up game in the arcade was originally Final Fight, but then it was Street Fighter 2 all day long. I used to do tournaments in Street Fighter 2 when I was a kid, Dave. I even got into a dust-up with a good friend of mine because you could do a cheat mode on Street Fighter. So where you just did the same kick with Ryu and Ken and just take (laughs) people out. Flying kick, the powerful sweep, and that was it. And it overpowered everyone in the arcade. And I got into a proper dust-up, but I was unbeaten this one day for about three hours. So it it was amazing. But anyway, Double Dragon was... And I still... I've actually got Double Dragon Neon downloaded for my Xbox recently, which was... I didn't know you were going to pick this movie when we were going to record it, but I've still not started it again because Streets of Rage had brought Streets of Rage 4 out and I enjoyed that, which came out last year. So Double Dragon Neon, which is a few years old, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back and have a go at that. So this is quite apt because I'm pretty sure I'm going to go end up playing that today, Dave. Nice, nice. You know, and we've taken a bit of stick about this in the past on Twitter, haven't we? Because we always moan about, you know, being working class growing up without any money or anything both had a fucking master system <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> there is yeah. a there is a privilege to that isn't there you know both yeah. went off to spain plenty of times as kids so we shouldn't uh shouldn't moan about that too much but chris no, that's true should we get into our trailer let's go Los Angeles. The city has changed. Cops rule the day. Punks rule the night. And one man wants to rule them all. There's only one thing he needs to succeed. This is only half of it. Find me the other half now. And look who's got it. It magnifies the power inside you. This half gives power over the body. All right, so where's the on button? Now, two brothers will stop at nothing to protect their half. Look out! And a madman will stop at nothing to possess it. You're gonna love this. 
Let's have some fun. Who wants gum? If they succeed, they're heroes. But if he does, they're history. Watch your step. Time to skin you guys. T2's Robert Patrick, Scott Wolf, Mark DeCostos, and Alyssa Milano, Double Dragon. You said it. We don't really have to wear these, do we? Thousands of years ago in ancient China, just somewhere randomly in China, not a small country or anything, uh, an evil army of shadow warriors terrorized the great city of Shangsha. To save his people, the good king sacrificed himself to create a mystical medallion. Realising the ultimate powers of the medallion, the king split it in half. To one son he gave the power over body, and to the other, the power over the soul. This is the legend of the double dragon. Now Chris, what do you reckon to the opening of this movie? And it happens that this massive mystical medallion ends up in California and two absolute douchebag brothers, Dave. I mean, what are the chances? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to say, so So in the game, Billy, who's the younger one, he's player one and player two is Jimmy. Now, I always preferred Jimmy, Mark Dacascus, his, his character, Dave. Always. I don't know why, because maybe the red, because of my football allegiance, but I always felt, he, I don't know why, because he never spoke a fuck up, but he always seemed a bit edgy, Dave, you know, like, like uh, I don't know why, he's silly, but <laughs> the guy who plays, <laughs> the guy who plays Billy, Scott Wolf, is fucking shit. <laughs> Absolute shit. If you told me he was Ralph Macchio's son or brother yeah. or cousin, I would believe it, because he's an absolute Daniel LaRusso ripoff. Great looking kid, but fuck me, he's terrible in this. He's absolutely shit. And what I kept thinking of watching this movie was it just reminded me of watching the Turtles. We'd watched the Turtles, which came out in 1990, 91. It's the same beats to it, the same like art style, the comedy, everything. Mark, what's it called? The Cascos is absolutely good in this, Dave. He's class in this. I'll give him that. He's a really good martial artist. He, he holds his own. He's a good-looking guy. Respect the fucking curtains, Dave, because I had the same sort of curtains around 94, <laughs> 95. <laughs> so respect the curtains completely. And and it is quite close to the computer game, but fuck me. that As soon as that Scott Wolf comes on, Billy Lee, he's rubbish. He's absolute shit on toast. He's one of the worst actors I've ever seen. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am like, I'm watching this, dissecting it, trying to work out what's similar to the computer game. Now, it's not that similar because in the re- original computer game, the girlfriend gets punched in the stomach and then yeah, guys carry iconic. her off on the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, there's no way you do that now. But she takes one in the stomach and that big guy who they fight at the start, the guy who's got the Mohicans called Abobo, yeah. he's one of the just generic, he's like, 
second tier bad guys. So you've got the normal bad guys who are just cannon fodder. And then a Bobo's the guy who comes at the end of the first level, but he's got a bald head. He looks like Stone Cold Steve Austin or something. He's just a big muscular monster. And he, he's pretty easy to beat. But at first you're like, holy shit, this guy comes from behind a shutter door. So I got that. I was like, a Bobo, yeah, I know him. I think he's called Boa Bobo or something in this. But yeah, Dave, it's fucking bobbins, this movie. <laughs> it really is. But <laughs> I kind of enjoyed it and I don't know why. I, I, you've just absolutely probably summed up my summary there uh, Sorry. for me. <laughs> no, no, but uh, just it's terrible. This is really bad and it's worse than I remember. And I think this is why I, I'm thinking maybe I watched this before I kind of went away because I, I moved away when I was uh, like 18 and that. And I, in my mind, I, I sort of you, – you're still in – you're still very much an in-betweener, or I was at 18, still very much an in-betweener. You think you're a fucking adult, but you're really not. Um, and so I think that's why in my mind I'm, I'm thinking I was watching this as a kid. But the tone of it is just very kiddish, isn't it? This is like if Nickelodeon had done you know, a, a beat-em-up movie. And again, I, I think... You know, after, let's say, post-Mortal Kombat, and, and if you look at what the MCU have done, they've generally made these kind of, quote-unquote, kid movies, 12s. So they can put a bit more violence, a bit more grit, a bit more realism in there. But it's still very much for kids. Whereas this is for kids, and there's no grit. <laughs> and it's just, most of it is just silly. And I think, for me, that's why Mark Dacascos stands out. You can see he's doing his own stunts. He's doing his own high kicks and stuff. And the problem is, with the casting, you know, they're trying to play these two off as brothers. Dacascos is clearly the martial artist, and Scott Wolf is just a fucking douchebag. <laughs> and the, the fucking... The, and when he comes on, they're doing that, like, underground karate tournament. And I'll talk about the uh, post-apocalyptic world of 2007 a bit later. But um, <laughs> but if you're going to have someone like Mark Dacascos, you don't put him with someone like that. Now, I had watched a bit of Party of Five, and Scott Wolf was in that, but I don't fucking remember him, to be honest. Uh, so... It, the way he's overhamming everything and he jumps on this guy's back and he's fucking ruffling his hair and stuff. And it like all the way through the movies overhamming it with the, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and it's just like, Oh, fuck off. And clearly anything that he's doing is, a, you know, martial arts related is a stunt man, you know, and they're doing this ridiculous thing where this move where they grab each other's shoulders and like fucking <laughs> do like some kind of cartwheel. Chris, oh, he, he just irritated me, old Scott Wolf. But what I would say is I think he's more in tone with the rest of the movie because that, that Bobo as well, you know, I, I, can't say I remember him as a specific character, but, you know, all the Mohicans and stuff like that, that's what I remembered from the game. And you got these, like, postmen and stuff like that. Again, just absolutely ridiculous. It's more it's more of the tone of something like Power Rangers, isn't it, than, like, something like Mortal Kombat. And so, yeah, I, I think overall the tone just really took me by a bit of surprise, if I'm honest. You know what? I think that you you said I stole your fund. I think that's perfect. 
Scott Wolf goes with the movie because it's like watching. I used to sit there. My cousin, he was a lot younger than me, so am I forty three. So he was. He's probably about thirty odd now. So when I was about 12, 13, I was always at my nan's and he was like two or three, maybe about 10 years older than him. He loved Power Rangers, Dave. And then Jordan loved Power Rangers. She actually had the Power Rangers outfits. It feels like I'm watching an episode of the fucking Power Rangers, this. Like, they've tried to do this dystopian world, haven't they? You know, where everything's run down. I mean, they're driving fucking Clark Griswold's fucking station wagon but it's got this souped-up thing. They're trying to be inconspicuous. <laughs> so it's, it's a cross between his fucking, uh, the, the Griswold mobile and the fucking DeLorean, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, because it even sounds like the DeLorean. <laughs> That's the thing. It even sounds like the DeLorean when they're getting chased by a Bobo and the henchmen. But it's like, Let's go and hide. I tell you what, Trekker will find their car. Well, it's the one that's got 20 feet worth of fire breathing out the yeah. back of it. I think you're not <laughs> going to miss it. And then even when they get cornered and they, they crash the car a little bit, and then obviously, Dave, she's a beautiful lady, the, the blonde girl. Oh, my God. She's absolutely uh, – Alicia Milano. So, so you know, you know who that is. You know who Lisa Milano is. I mean, I I used to watch a bit of Charmed. She was in that, and used to have a bit of a Smiths soundtrack. How how soon is now? But you know who she is. You know, we have covered a movie with her in. No, Do you want to have a guess? It's not fucking X Men, is it, Dave? No, no, <laughs> Commando. Oh, she's the young girl. She's man. the young what? girl. Yeah. Oh, my word. That sounds even worse. Saying that you she's raving fucking pretty. pedo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was 85. I was only seven, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Dad. Yeah. Oh, no. That's terrible. I feel really bad now. But anyway. Uh, oh, that's fucking terrible. She's um, older. I think she's early 20s in this one. Yeah, she is, to be fair. Very pretty girl, Dave. Very pretty. But, but... Her gang again, what, what always gets me about these movies, right? And it's like the Turtles, and it's like any film where you've got henchmen who basically they earn their money by just standing and looking tough. And I always, I, always, I know this sounds stupid. When I watch these movies, I always think, what the fuck do you tell your family? Uh, I'm, I'm going now to just run with my gang and stand sentry on this fucking compound that the police don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Where do you earn your money? How do you live your life? You know, like just, I know it sounds stupid, but I look, as I've got older, I, I never doubted it as a kid. I just go, they're the bad guys. They're the good guys. But when you look back as a real person, you think, what fucking life are you guys living? I know he's a film. This sounds ridiculous, <laughs> but it just, they, they're living out the cartoon in this movie, aren't they? I mean, we, we get introduced to Robert Patrick's character who, let's be honest, this is probably one of the worst career dives he's oh ever done since T2. Fucking the T-1000. <laughs> and and he's gone to this. You're it's, like, Jesus Christ. It's fucking <laughs> terrible. I mean, he's got a blonde fucking Dolph Lundgren uh, flat top, and he's sort of carried on the same look. I was there is a more van- vanilla ice. Well, yeah, he probably hit <laughs> Rob Van Winkle, but um, <laughs> he, he, he's about as good as fucking cool as ice. This, but he's got um, there's a bit that's almost T2, like where he he comes, like he keeps popping up like a, a sort of hologram, doesn't it? And, and I'm thinking, you can see the difference in the production in Terminator 2 from 91. He looks fucking awesome. Even now when you watch it, it doesn't look mm. bad. The, the, the whole melting and the way you can go through doors and the bars, at, at, like the psychic at the asylum and everything when he's off the Sarah Connor. But in this day, his fucking budget's about £3.50. It's fucking rubbish. I mean, saying that, 
The budget was 7.8 million. They made 4.2, Dave, so there was never <laughs> going to be a sequel, was there? <laughs> but how much of that would have been, you know, people like us who just loved the game and just rushed to the cinemas and were like, you know, you know, the arcade game, okay, it's an arcade game, but it is pretty gritty, isn't it? And yes. because the graphics weren't what they are now, you know, it, it does look as gritty as you can make it. Whereas you come and you get this Nickelodeon shit. There wouldn't have been anyone. There's no word of mouth whatsoever. Everyone's like, this is fucking crap. And I think when I when I think back to it, I think it's more of a Phantom Menace type of feeling for me. It's more like, yeah, yeah, I like this. <laughs> and try and convince myself that it's good, despite the fact I've been waiting for this for so long. So I was so, so excited about this. And just, I don't remember the game as as well. You know, it, it was just a beat-em-up, wasn't there? It's not yeah. like nowadays where you have this elaborate story. Like I was playing Tekken 7 and, and you know, is this whole story mode to it and everything. But Double Dragon was before that. So for the movie, they've tried to create this story. And I do like the kind of post-apocalyptic world, that Mad Max kind of feel. But because it's a kid's movie, they just can't do it justice. And so the thing about what do you people do for jobs, I mean, even before that, I'm thinking, right, so you're the fucking postal guy. So you're still going around in your postal gear, but you're trying to fucking terrorize people. And you just jump off a fucking, you know, 20 foot drop. I, I just There's so much of it that just doesn't make sense. And I, I think it is because it's a kid's movie. And, and people who've commissioned this are just thinking, well, it's a game. Oh, the kids love the games. I'm thinking of the guy, you know, the arcade guy from Wayne's World. You know, yes. oh, the kids love it, you know, so so we'll have to make it a PG and, you know, it'll have to be a bit silly and stuff. They get fucking a Bobo who was, you know, steroided up anyway, and they turn him into a giant fucking testicle. Like, it's just <laughs> fucking ridiculous. You know, because he doesn't even look muscly anymore. He just looks like this weird plastic. And, and I love the practical effects generally, but he looks so plastic. It's just fucking awful. So, yeah, I, 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 I was, you know, Chris, you've done this to yourself a few times this year uh, where you've gone back and you've stitched yourself up. I kind of feel like I have done that myself. Now, what I would say is I, I haven't hated the movie, but um, yeah, just like, I keep going back to it. It's just the tone has, has taken me by surprise. Now, what I would say though, Chris, before I hand it back to you is uh, Billy and Jimmy, right? They, they're kind of mentored by Satori, who's got this, she's hidden one half of the uh, the double dragon amulet, you know, and uh, we saw in the opening scene that was that was rescued back by a ninja who just happens to be a hot blonde lady. Yep, thank you, nineties. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> she's got the other half of this world destroying amulet, right? And she's wearing it like she's fucking Mr. T around New Angeles, you know, because Los Angeles had been destroyed in the quake. And it's like, surely you would fucking hide that thing. Put it in your pocket or put it in your shirt or something like that. And she's just walking around with it dangling around her neck. 
And then Scott uh, Wolf, you know, the uh, Billy character as well, when he meets the T-1000, he comes up and he's just wearing it. He's got it right there. It's world end. Well, I say world ending. The the height of uh, his ambition, Victor's or Koga Shuko, the height of his ambition seems to be to take over New Angeles. So again, this is on the level of taking over all the Seattle dojos, Chris. So I do appreciate it for that. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think I think one thing with that about the video game is slightly it feels as if they've had the license for this a long time because in 1994, Dave, you know, like I almost like well, I'm beating myself up, but a bit of a computer game nerd. I'm a, I'm a historian as well. I've collected retro stuff. When, for when ages. did that become bigging yourself up? Well, no, 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 but I don't mean to like put, put you know, like I am the fucking fountain of knowledge of video games because I'm not. But you know, th- this sort of game is me double dragon. I've, I've, I'm always doing video games every day. You know, that's my uh, one of my passions. I'm always on all the sites. If there's a game show on, which has been recent, I'm there for the two hours watching all the even games. I'm not going to play. I just love video games and the escapism of it. But Double Dragon in 1994 was not in the zeitgeist. It was not there. Street Fire was, because obviously we had the Van Damme film with Kylie Minogue mm. and everything. We had Mortal Kombat come out in 95. And obviously Street Fire had like Raul Julia and that, you know, at the time quite a big actor. You know, so, so he played M. Bison, the main baddie. And it's like Double Dragon was never a massive game. It was just a game that everyone, if you had a console, you played it. It wasn't like, like Street Fire was huge, the tournaments on the arcades and that. So, so for this to come out in 94, I, I, I've not read it and I've been reading quite a few things this morning before we recorded, but I'm pretty certain it's something they've sat on and sat on and gone, we need to make this video game, otherwise we're going to lose the license because it wasn't huge around this time at all. Definitely wasn't. I know there was a game come out in 95 for the Neo Geo, which was a bit like a Street Fighter type game. Instead of the side-scrolling fighting game, it was a proper 1v1, you know, proper fighting uh, arcade uh, beat-em-up thing. But that wasn't a massive game either. So I just, I don't know. It just seemed, it, you're right. It's a cartoon Nickelodeon type movie, this. See, I, there was no internet at the time, was there? Oh, well, there probably no. was, but there wasn't in the fucking north of England. So, I mean, to know what is really in the zeitgeist, I think would be tough. You'd have to go back. But I remember Double Dragon being fucking massive. But that's because it was massive to me in my little world that I was living at the time. (laughs) So more kind of the late 80s, I would say. Because, you know, I was talking about going on holiday earlier. But sometimes, you know, some years, if you couldn't get away for holiday, mum and dad would take me to, like, Southport or something or Blackpool. And we'd just, like, spend a day at the arcades you know, and just go around all the different arcade machines. And it was such a a land of wonder, Chris, fucking Blackpool and and (laughs) Southport, you know, because you'd have these new games, you know, that you didn't recognize. And then you'd see the the ones that you'd seen from the previous year. and, And it was just so good. I remember Double Dragon more from the arcades than I do on the Master System. And I'd have to disagree with you. I thought it was fucking massive at the time. But, no, but 94, don't forget, it takes fucking ages to make a movie from the original, you know, it has to catch fire 
at some point. Someone has to take notice of it. Someone has to come up with the idea of, let's make this thing a movie. Then they've got to pitch it. Then they've got to get the money. Then they've got to get it greenlit. Then you've got to, you know, sort of develop scripts for it, or you probably do that before it gets greenlit. But, you know, there's all these fucking stage gates that you have to get through. So it takes years to make a movie. So I think it was probably at its height, let's say, 88, 89. Yeah, I agree with that. And then it's taken a few years, but by the time it's actually hit, you know, the, the movies hit the screens, you're right. Things like Street Fighter and definitely Mortal Kombat have overtaken it. Dave, do you work for the PR firm for this movie? Or what? That was an unbelievable speech. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. A, I'm still saying it's shit. But, you know, just <laughs> if, if you think about the chronology of it, I, I think Double Dragon, if they'd have been able to put out a movie a few years before, I reckon they'd have made more money. But again, I come back to this thing of we hadn't, had uh well street fighter i think that was a fucking car crash as well but uh for me mortal kombat was the change in movie that was when we actually saw oh wait we we can actually make a a decent movie that that was the thing that changed it but at this time i mean what had come out before that was based on the game super mario brothers I think that was it, wasn't it? It's terrible, and that's a terrible movie. <laughs> exactly. There was no hell. good. There was no good precedent for them to take, and so you know this. This is not a good movie, but I don't know. There's still something enjoyable about it. I just I wish that it had come out a few years before, because like I say, it'd have been more in the zeitgeist then. But also, if I'd have just been a bit younger. I think I'd have enjoyed it more, you know, if I was like seven or eight or something. <laughs> oh, I, I, I agree. I, I'd be saying to you now, like, what this is one of my favourite movies, you know, because, yeah. I mean, I what was I, 94? So I would have been 15, going, it was 16 in the November. So it, I was probably past all that, Dave. I was still watching these sort of movies, but I I, that, I know, like I said to you, I'd never watched it. I, mm. I just never, and I think I'd seen it in the video shop, but then it's like, other things happen, don't you? you get into other movies or whatever. So, uh, yeah, it's just a strange. I agree though with what you've said that it's a couple. Of, for me, like I said before, I think it's a couple of years too late. Unfortunately, it's a B movie. Look, it's not a humongous budget, but it could have been. It could have been a lot better than, than what it is. And and like you say, I think it's just let down by the story. I tell you, it reminds me of us where you talk about the guy who looks like a big fucking bollock, you know, a bobo. <laughs> um, don't you think he's got any around? This this sort of time, I think he's got like sort of spawn type feel to it as well, Dave. Like the the way he looks like a bollock, looks like that John Liguiano, whatever he's called, yeah, character, yeah. the little fucking horrible fucking creepy clown thing, whatever he is. But it's that I don't know. It just it feels it doesn't feel uh, unusual to watch a movie like this even now it, mm. because because we grew up in these sort of movies as kids, the B movie karate stuff. It feels very comfortable to watch it. I, I yeah. never felt watching it that I was like, oh, God, this has got to end. Please, for the love of God, when is this going to end? I just sort of <laughs> went with the movie because yeah. I've watched so many of these shit movies. And, I'm, you know, I'm harsher on mainstream movies than these. But we, me and you, we didn't have a lot of money. You know how you're saying we had Master Systems and that. You're right. But I'd go with my grandparents purposely at weekends because that was the only way we could rent a video the video mm. shop. So I've watched so many, as I've said hundreds of times, so many dodgy martial arts movies. This was just my bread and butter. Just put it on, 
non-offensive, just sit there and think that I'm fucking Bruce Lee or Van Damme or something, and I probably would have lapped this up as a kid. <laughs> you know, you say it's a B-movie. I mean, it costs $7.8 million, so let's round it up to $8 million. That's not a B-movie budget in 94, is it? I I, I I know what you mean in in that it's like a lot of B movies where you know you you basically got this fucking amulet or something and uh, you know you're trying to you've got our protagonists and they're trying to overcome these these odds. I mean it's ridiculous, isn't it? These guys can't win a karate tournament yet they can fucking take on a hundred Mohicans <laughs> <laughs> or Mohawk. That's Mohicans yeah. not the right term, isn't it? Um, so yeah, I just think it. I I think they were expecting this to be big, um, and it wasn't. But I agree, it it, it does feel familiar. But um, yeah, what I mean, what do you reckon to when they get the actual amulet though, and and they turn into the Power Rangers? I was scratching my head, thinking, are those suits from the game? I I, yeah. I don't remember. Are they? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. They're, they're from the game. Are they Dave. later on in the game. Yeah. Or? So, so, so on the original, on the master system, for me and you, they would have just had red and blue suits on, you know, like. But in the Mega Drive one and the arcade, that's quite similar to the arcade version. Uh, definitely the blue and the red. It was that distinctive. The outfits and stuff. But, but in the movie, because in the game, sorry, because the girlfriend gets stolen, they did slightly play on the twist from the game when they fight each other. But in the actual game, one of them turns bad and they end up having a fight over that girl, which is ridiculous. So you fight all the way through that game as brothers and then at the end it's like, oh, fuck that, I want a bit of fucking, bit of action, so uh, let's just go for it. And it it takes a sinister (laughs) turn, so you beat the end guy and then fight each other to the death, which is just fucking nonsense. So they do play on that (laughs) in this, you know, because I wasn't happy about Billy giving Jimmy a fucking good shoeing, Dave, because I was thinking, there's no way Jimmy, you know, Mark... uh, Mark's character, the Cascus's character, is so much better than Scott Wolf. I yeah. was like, I'm not having that. Jimmy can kick his fucking ass, but it was just, it was <laughs> that was almost no shit, no surrender stuff at the end. That Dave, you, you know what I fucking didn't get at the time, and I still don't get it now, even though I do get it. So the the way they have, like you you have Billy, and he's got the the part of the amulet that makes you invincible. And Jimmy has the part that can possess people. Yeah? So so yeah. he goes he goes in. So Mark DeCascos goes in, he, he uh, uh, possesses Robert Patrick, and then basically, you know, he confesses to everything, says he'll write this massive check to the police and what have you. But then when they're getting in the car, you've got a Bobo who's suddenly decided, you know, he's like, He's going to do a face turn. He's going to be all good now and stuff. And then he says he's going to drive. And then you get Jimmy thinking that it's Billy that's possessed him. But I'm like, hang about it. You've got the, you've switched amulets then or something. Did this happen off screen? For some fucking inexplicable reason, he thinks Billy has possessed a Bobo. And he's like, oh, yeah. Okay, you're gonna drive, are you, Billy? And then Billy just appears from the back seat, and then the, the, you get again the classic. Whoa! 
And like, you know, fucking Bobo was a class driver that we saw in the first act of the movie. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? They're fucking with their own rules. And fucking pissed me off. I I just didn't get it. I didn't get why they'd completely switched like that. Well, you know what? And I've just sent you as we're recording, I've sent you the pictures of the characters, Dave. So Bobo's the big guy. And then you've got Jimmy and Billy together. And the distinct was Billy had a blue suit on with red hair and Jimmy had blue hair with a red suit on. <laughs> so you know who was who. But as we're talking, what I've, I've, I'm completely oblivious to this though, Dave. So I'm you how much I love this game. You know, I sold my retro games console collection, mm-hmm. right? So about three years ago, when I went to my brother's in Land Dudnod, there's a, there's a retro game shop there that should go in all the time when, I, when I'm when down there. I actually bought Double Dragon from that shop for about 15 quid, and I've still got it here. So I've, I've kept certain Meg Master System games that mm. were important to me as a kid, like World Grand Prix, uh, stuff like that, which which absolutely bobbins game. But I've still got Double Dragon, and I haven't nice. even got a Master System, but I've got an... <laughs> emulation retro pie that I built with all the Meg Drive Mass System games on. So it's on there. I'm, I'm, you know what? As we're talking, I'm thinking I'm going to have to have a bit of a go at this today, Dave. I'm thinking you I'm to, I am. I'm on it now today. I'm on it. I'm, I'm looking at the suits. And to me, you know, again, I, I know they're red and blue, but they don't. And I guess maybe it's because of the graphics. To me, they, these are just to, to distinguish you your different characters in the arcade game. They're not yeah. fucking Power Rangers sort of suits. So that's that's what my brain is struggling to wrap my head around. In the movie, they go full-on fucking Power Rangers, like these mad fucking ridiculous suits. Whereas, I, I don't know, it looks like, see, even the red one, it looks like, you know, could have been a shell suit back in the day, and he's just ripped <laughs> the arms off to show the guns. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it's not the fucking you know, thriller, fucking Michael Jackson, pointy-collared uh, shoulder pad thing. How dare you? How <laughs> dare you say something on a magical game? I'll defend well, the game I'm over not, the movie. I'm not criticising it. I'm saying they're red and blue to distinguish the characters in the game, and that totally makes sense for the game. I'm just saying yeah. that the movie makes a weird choice where it does these ridiculous Blingy. suits. Yeah. Uh, that you know, and and the blue, for me, that's more like a denim dark blue in the game. And he goes, Billy goes full on fucking bright blue. I, again, I, I just think the costumes were just fucking woeful. Yeah, they were. To be fair, Dave, I'm only winding you up. I agree. I think they're <laughs> terrible, but I think in the context of the game, they had to di- differentiate, like you said. They're just purely a device to say, I'm him, you're me, and that's it. You know what I mean? Mm. And that, that's it. So so it's interesting. But I think the movie itself, Dave, at the end, it just falls down anyway. Like, you know, you've got this little thing with Robert Patrick's character. I don't even care. That's the thing. I yeah. don't even care by the end of it. Like, you've got these weird scenes where everyone's egging them on and the fighting. It's very similar to at the start and then the like karate tournament. Um, yeah. I don't know. It just, it just, it, it's, it's something that I've seen loads of times. And I think you were right from the get go. This is very similar to a Nickelodeon, a Disney type martial arts movie. Yeah. This is they're yeah. trying to make it a bit edgy, but they just fall. It just falls on its sword more than anything. And for me, it's more the nostalgia of trying to pick out who the characters are. Like the blonde lady who's got the whip. She's very prominent in the game, but she's not like a mm. massive 
henchwoman, she's just, she comes on with the whip. And I'm thinking mm. the game, which is a bit suspect, I'm sure, unless that's Streets of Rage, I'm sure she's got sus- suspenders on all, or knee-eye leather boots <laughs> or something, Dave. He's proper dodgy. Probably. Might be, that might be Streets of Rage. But I always remember as a kid going, aye, aye, this is a bit, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit I risky. I need to unlock the next level. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> is there another scene? Yeah, but but no, it, yeah, it, it's strange. Some of the characters really is strange. It is indeed, sir. Now, shall we get into our final review? Let's go, Dave. So, Dave. Interesting pick, and I, I was looking forward to this because I thought I've never seen it. I, I knew what I was walking into because I know it's not very well received. I mean, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's on what is it, thirteen percent, Dave? Sixteen <laughs> reviews. <laughs> they call it. This is the best one I read. It says the Washington Post called it clumsy, paced, amateurishly acted by kids. So upbeat they might have escaped from a road tour of Annie. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> 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 But this movie is garbage. It's absolutely garbage. However, it's watchable, and I can't tell you why, guys. Some of you are going to watch it and go, "What the hell are you talking about, Chris?" It's absolutely awful. And Robert Patrick's just terrible as the as the moustache twirling baddie. You know, Dick Dastardly is terrible in it. But I do agree with you, Dave. Mark DeCascos is is good. His martial arts is good. He's the one redeeming character. And obviously, my weird crush with the girl out of, uh, you know, Alyssa Milano. She's <laughs> really bad. No, she's in commando. She's that little, um, little insane Annie. She's got the little curly mullet head or whatever she's got her hair yeah, but with Annie. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, my God. But no, <laughs> it's just watchable. It's an absolutely atrocious movie. Don't go into this thinking you're going to see anything more than a proper B-movie martial arts stuff, even though, like you said, it had the budget. So it's, I'm going to put it in Elm Street, Dave. It's not absolutely woeful, but it's a terrible movie at the same time. So uh, what about yourself? Yeah, I wasn't expecting this one to be a, a, a hidden gem or anything. I knew it was not going to be great. I think the thing that just surprised me was the kiddish tone to it. I didn't quite remember that it was so kiddish that, like you say, it could have been on Nickelodeon or Disney or, or you know, uh, that kind of level of movie. So it was a bit worse than I thought it was, and I had low expectations <laughs> going in. So. Yeah, I, I wish this could have been better. I do. I still think my man crush is Mark DeCascos. I think he's just amazing in it. In terms of his martial arts, in terms of his action, uh, his acting. Unfortunately, his he is taking the lead from Scott Wolf with the whole "whoa, can't believe it," <laughs> and it's just fucking awful. But I, I guess you know that comes down to the direction as well. So yeah, I I can't disagree with you there, Chris. I think. It is an awful movie, but it's it's not one of those where I'm, I'm looking at my watch and thinking, oh, God, this is excruciating. It is kind of watchable as well, and part of that is probably from the nostalgia, probably more so from the game even than the movie, and so I can't send it off to the bottom. I'm going to stick it in Elm Street. What I would say is it's, it's there on Prime, so it is worth a watch. Uh, you know, it just set your expectations incredibly low. 
<laughs> Thank you for that, Dave. Um, so our next pick is from our great friend and patron, Mr. Tony Fareed, Dave. And uh, this is a movie I have never seen, so I don't know what I'm walking into. I do know that there's a fantastic soundtrack to this one, and I think the Ramones are in it as well, Dave. So this one is Rock and Roll High School. It's 1980. Welcome to Rock and Roll High School. Rock and Roll High School? Do you want I am Miss Togar, and I am the new principal of this school. And who are you? I'm Riff Randall, rock and roller. The only girl I ever dream about at night is Riff. I've done more detentions than anyone in the school's history. Are you a virgin? Oh. How about a cheerleader? Nice set of pom-poms. <laughs> Tom wanted Riff. But Riff wanted to live a rock and roll fantasy to the music of her favorite group. The hottest band this side of the Iron Curtain, the Ramones! You have managed to upset the entire school with this godforsaken noise. Very attractive head teacher. They tried to stop their music, but the kids got wrecked and rocked the school. What a soundtrack. That's what I mean, unbelievable. McCartney, nothing. Yeah. Alice Cooper. I just talked to the chief of police. He's going to storm the building. The school where the students rule. Could your school be next? He's <laughs> not wrong though, Dave, because I think the kids do run the fucking schools these days, so that's quite interesting. <laughs> now, Tony is a massive Ramones fan, obviously massive music fan as well, and I think... Uh, but if I look at this, it, it has a bit of that pandemonium feel that we did a few weeks yes. ago. Yes, yes. I was going to say that. I was going to say pandemonium. Oh no! So I think this might be, this might be a little bit of a stitch up. This one, Chris. Yeah, I think it could be. So, uh, Tony, we will see, my friend, and he knows full well we are not going to be going lightly on this one. Not a chance, Dave. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't expect anything less. I'm sure. No, exactly. So, big thank you to everyone as always. Thank you to all our Patreons. We do appreciate everyone who supported us past and present. It's really good here. Great pick, Dave, today, really is. If you want to email us, guys, vhsstrikesback at gmail.com. If you're going to follow us on social media, at vhsstrikesback. And if you do want to support us a little bit more, get over to patreon.com forward slash the vhsstrikesback. So, today's roll call of honour is Mr. Tony Farina, John Hammond, Blake, Maths, Jack, Herb, Lucky Lily Green, Kenka Stileson, Dylan, Heath, Matt, Paul, Alec, Timothy, Glynn, Susan, Justin, and Mr. Spider Dan himself. So, thank you so much, guys, for all your support. Absolutely class, and it's so, so humbling. And, uh, yeah, Dave, these movies are just getting wilder and wilder every week. 
Oh, fucking hell. I mean, we didn't talk about it, but obviously this week going to uh, Nickelodeon and Disney sort of feel from last week, fuck a doodle <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can get wilder than that. But uh, yeah, nice to have a good eclectic uh, selection from our Patreons. But anyway, Chris, how would you like to finish us off today? Well, Dave, it's funny you should say that because... I picked out a line which sort of sums up Double Dragon, and he simply says, I think it's Billy who says this, and it's terrible. He goes, hey, Huey, have you got any news? And that sums up the whole movie, Dave. <laughs> Goodbye. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? What are we going to do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back, because it'll be dark soon, and they mostly come at night. I'll be back. That's not. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on, wax off. One ring to go. All right. Ding, ding. Bust you up. Go for it. I'm crazy. You're just a stupid. Yeah, baby, you're stupid. Yeah, baby, you're stupid. I see you in six. Come on, come on. I must break.